What is going on, everyone? This is Rob with Couch on Fire Podcast. How are you guys doing? Good? Probably good. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm speaking a little quiet because it's very, really, really late at night. Maybe, uh, maybe not too late, but late enough. Um, can't sleep. So much going on in my world right now. Like, uh, I don't know. A hurricane? <laughs> yes, so I'm sure you heard um, the last episode that I did. There was a uh, there's a hurricane coming to, to Myrtle Beach. That's where I live. Um, South Carolina. Um, it's been working its way up the coast. It's been, uh, it's, it's been pretty crazy. It did pretty much destroyed all of Bahamas. And that just sucks. It really does. Um, I've been to the Bahamas, so... It's a beautiful place. Water, crisp, blue. Went to uh, went on a tour. Got to see some celebrity homes. Maybe who knows? They probably exaggerated, but it's okay. It was fun. It was really cool. People were great. Uh, it was a wonderful atmosphere. But uh, yeah, now it's it's kind of gone right now. So I don't know. I think I think in the next month or so we're gonna be really diving into, you know. Once the storm leaves, we'll really look at the damage. Because right now, they're just so focusing on the storm itself. So it's been coming up the East Coast. Um, it's weird because if you look at it, it looks like it was going straight to Florida. And it was like, mm, nope, we're going to give you this one, Florida. Let's go up the coast. And it just started working its way up. So as I'm talking right now, it's actually about to hit us like it's coming, I think in the next twelve hour, no, twenty four hours, it's gonna definitely the eye of the storm is gonna be here. So, so that's been pretty crazy. But I wanted to hop on here, kind of do a uh, a podcast, and uh, I actually have a friend that uh, you all are familiar with that said that he would hop on here and do a a cool podcast with me. So let's bring let's bring him in here. Hopefully, see if this works. Yo. Oh, there he is. He's very quiet. Yes. Hey there, oh. buddy. <laughs> ASMR, man. ASMR. <laughs> Actually, you know, it's kind of funny that you say that because it's it's this is probably the latest I've ever recorded, and it I, I have to be a little bit of quiet too. So. Yeah. That's, that's well, life. The trouble is when I get really passionate about something, I start fucking bellowing like a fucking redneck. So we're like, gonna see how like a babbling brook. Yeah. Anyway, um, well, don't worry. This won't be like any uh, anything special. I um, I just have to me away from the topic of the everything bagel because <laughs> I can't stay calm talking about that. Well, what you don't know, I actually already started the podcast. I was a minute in talking about this hurricane, mm-hmm. and then I just decided to pull you. I called called a listener, which is you. <laughs> oh just, Jesus! And just bring you in, so we're we're going mm-hmm. live right now, Griffin. All right. So how are things? Man, it's funny you should talk about the hurricane. Everybody's panicking about it right now, dude. All the way up Storms there getting... in Charlotte. Yeah. Are you kidding yeah, me? The, yeah. There's there's mandatory evacuations on the coast. The mm-hmm. stores are getting bought out. Everybody's talking about it. Mm. Like I tell them, look, y'all, we haven't had. One was Hugo. It was like in the nineties, right? Yeah. We haven't haven't had a serious storm or hurricane or anything in over twenty years. But 
people get caught up in the news, man. They hear about all the doom and gloom and all the hundreds of people and the thousands of buildings getting destroyed Damn. in other states. And they're thinking, oh, shit, that could happen here. Well, you know, so that's I, where it, it's just hmm? I was um, I did a podcast earlier this week with Alex and we we're talking about he doesn't really watch the news or anything. He kind of stays off things. But everyone knows about what what happened in the Bahamas. I mean, Baham, it's like the island of Atlantis. It's underwater right now. And mm-hmm. I was telling people how it was like it was going towards Florida. It was like, I'm going to hit you right in the face, Florida. And then it just stopped. And it's like, nah, we're going to make a hard right. And now it's up the, going up the coast. And <clears throat> here in Myrtle Beach, right, we've had a mandatory evacuation since Monday. Now, with that said, I still worked until yesterday. And then yesterday, my job was just like, no, well, we're in phase four. And I'm like, what is this, a Marvel movie? And they're just yeah. like, <laughs> they're like, no, we got to we gotta bag up all the electronics and we got to take everything off the floor and put it on pallets and all this other stuff. So, you know, so we were closed today and um, we're going to be closed tomorrow, most likely Friday, because it looks like as of what we're speaking right now, it's back up to a category three. It was a five, went down to a four, went down to a three, then went down to a two. But now, because the water's so warm, now it's a three. And it is spitting distance from uh, Georgetown, South Carolina, which is like, I don't know, 40 miles from me. <laughs> so this is going to be fun. I can believe it. Now, have you ever actually dealt with uh, inclement weather, like a hurricane or anything like that? Or is this? Well, last year, so it's been, it's actually been one year since I moved to Myrtle Beach. Mm -hmm. Um, This past week was the the year that I left Charlotte and I moved to Myrtle Beach. Um, Well, the time that I left Charlotte. And then last year, we, Florence was supposed to come directly at Myrtle Beach. Like it was literally looking at Myrtle Beach. So everyone left. We went to Maryland. I wasn't working at the time because I just left Harry Teeter and then all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. And, like, everyone evacuated. And then it ended up turning and just decided to demolish Wilmington. And, like, so that was the closest I got to a hurricane. Now, growing up north, we had nor'easters. And we've had hurricanes, but it's it's not like this. I'm on... I'm... I'm 20, 25 minutes away from the actual beach. So I'm far enough in to where I think it's not going to hurt me. But mm-hmm. I'm also a little worried because we are staying this time. We're not coming because I, I literally, before I texted you, I, I rolled over and looked at Chris and I said, should we go to Charlotte? What's happening? <laughs> like, should we evacuate? Because, you know, we would just go up to Charlotte. We got fan friends and family up there. So I was like, should we just go up there? Mm-hmm. I don't know what we're gonna do. I think we're just gonna wait it out and see what happens. So this might this, be the last podcast. <laughs> yeah, the end of Couch on Fire. The fire got extinguished by all the fucking rain. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. But it's crazy that you're feeling repercussions because you're like three and a half hours away from me. Yeah, it's like you can't even get to the nearest beach on one tank of gas and come back. Yeah. So I I don't know what people are freaking out about, but I guess, I guess it kind of, it gives you like a a little peace of mind, ironically enough to freak out about something, you know, you think about it, it gives you something to, to fucking think about, I guess. Mm -hmm. And it's like a a target for all your anxieties throughout the day. That one dick hole who cut you off in traffic, you know, you're, you're kind of 
putting his face onto the hurricane, so to speak. Well, like an outlet. So you're basically saying it's, yes. it's kind of like an outlet. Yeah, I think I think a lot of this these people freaking out about the storm, they're not actually worried about the storm, but the storm is kind of like a convenient little scapegoat for all the shit between all the fucking politics shit that's going on right now and the economic woes and people's jobs and just some dickhead on the interstate. You know, there's a lot of stuff to be worrying about and having just one thing that you can't control, but you can bitch about and you can freak out about and you can prepare for and no one's going to look at you sideways about it. And I think it's kind of comforting to some people. Well, it's funny you say that because like there's this big thing back, remember back in, so in 2001, um, 9-11 happened, which is about to come up the anniversary. Um, it was a terrorist. I was in kindergarten at the time. Yeah. <laughs> you can believe it. Oh, geez. Oh man. That just aged me. Um, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to talk about that on another episode sometime. Yeah. I had a very surreal experience with nine eleven. Well, but the, continue. The reason why I brought that up is because you know if you look at the presidential thing going on there, a lot of people didn't like Bush. Mm-hmm. Was, everyone was just like, "Oh my God, they were getting sick of him." I think the next year is the the um, election. Um, the his his mid he's like his midterms or basically. So long story short, the way he handled nine eleven made him stay in presidency for another four more years. So I I don't want to say anything. I'm you know, just Donald Trump, I don't know too much. I try to stay out of politics, but if he handles the if whatever has is about to happen, if he handles it correctly, this could favor some people. So well, <laughs> I too will try and stay out of politics. Yeah. Anybody who knows me well enough knows my thoughts on forty five, but his track record on hurricanes is not reassuring. I love, I love, I heard, I saw some, I saw some memes and stuff. Like, I love the way he says things. Yeah. He's just funny. Anyway. I wonder, uh, I wonder if he'll throw paper towels at somebody this time or if he's learned his lessons. Oh God. Yeah. All right. So I, I figured, you know, I wanted to, enough about the hurricane. Yes, it's here. Yes. We'll find out what happens. But mm-hmm. recently I've been looking at your Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about this. This is a serious oh, thing. Oh god. Your food is looking pretty damn delicious. So have you been attacking the no carbs? What's going on? Talk to me about these low carb um meals that you've been making recently. Well, it wasn't really a conscious decision. I mean, if you've been following my Snapchat at all, you know my fat ass loves some bread, so <laughs> I'm not doing the no carb thing. But it's just I've always wanted every time I cook something, I want to try something new. It's like I'm never satisfied with just like making something well and then enjoying it. No, I have to try and, and fuck with what doesn't work. Find out something that I know is going to stress me the hell out and work on it all day. Like I'm actually about to upload something probably right after we get done with this podcast. I made by hand some Japanese udon noodles and spent all day like slow simmering this broth and I julienne some chicken so it's like paper fucking thin and threw it in a hoisin marinade and grilled it up and caramelized some onions and peppers. I spent basically all day on this dish and it was absolutely fantastic. But I ask myself sometimes, is this really worth all the fucking trouble? Absolutely. Every single one of my days off, whether I'm doing anything that day or not, the majority of my day is spent either cooking something or preparing something for another day to cook like tomorrow the reason why i can't really record any episodes tomorrow i'm making some elk patty melts to bring into work oh man like you got some elk like 
yeah, some ground elk. <sighs> I got some, like a little bit of uh, what you call it, fucking like sharp cheddar cheese, mm. a little bit of Gruyere, some fresh mozzarella over the top, some pickled peppers on fresh homemade bread that I just got done baking. And that's on my Snapchat story. Um, it's amazing stuff. I've done it before with bison. I've never done it with elk before. You know, but again, dude, spent all fucking day on this stuff. Well, it's because you're passionate about it, dude. Yeah. So, so I'm kind of having this a similar experience. So I'm working. It seems like I'm working more, even though I'm, I'm working less hours. I'm just there longer days. Um, mm-hmm. But when I have a day off like today, like I just so real quick. I know I haven't talked to you and update you and I'm going to update everyone that's listening. So, um, you know, I was on keto. About a year and a mm-hmm. half ago, I, I did it for 90 days, 100%. Great. Everything was good. I cheated on my diet, but then I went back on to it. But then I was teeter-tottering for the last year and a half. Like, it was just kind of like, ugh, I was on it, then off it. So I was never really fully committed to it. Then I went right. to the ER recently, and um, I found out that I have, I, you know, there's a 90% chance I have Crohn's disease. So, oh. so in, in, which is okay. You can live with that. But it, it's just, it's something, you know, I, I'm still not sure yet. I still have to go to a GI, which is basically they're going to stick a camera up my ass. Anyway, um, so I could just have really bad IBS too, because that's kind of part of it. But Crohn's disease is just inflammatory of your intestines. But I have to watch what I eat. And since I've been teeter-tottering with my diet, I mean, it, it makes all sense. But now I'm 100% back on keto again, and at first I didn't like it, but now I feel good because it's been about a week now, and I've been, my knife skills have, I went up at least two levels in the last week and a half, my <laughs> knife skills. No, it's just, it's crazy. So I always thought I had good knife skills, and then I became a meat cutter, and I realized I, I had no knife skills. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then yeah. I kind of, I learned things. I learned things from you. I learned things from Sean, a whole bunch of other people that I worked around. And um, mm-hmm. I took it in. It was good. And then I watched a lot of TV, so I learned how to do some things. One of the things that always bothered me was, um, like, Julian cuts and cute. Like, I don't know. They do it so fast, and I want to do it fast, but I'm, I just I, I want to rush. I want to skip all these steps to get to that. But then, I, but then the last week and a half, I've been making these amazing salads. Like, I've been making some good chicken salads. I just made a steak salad um, today. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm cutting, and I'm just taking my time. And it just, I I enjoy it. I enjoy cooking. Even though it's a salad, I mean, I'm, cut, I'm cutting up red onion. I'm cutting up cucumbers, tomatoes. I mean, I, mean, I got it all going on. And it's just, so I, I, I get it. I get what you're saying. I don't think it's, that is... Well- that is not that, that whole all. thing. Uh, that whole thing about it just being a salad, though. I mean, I've also been working on watching my weight and all that kind of stuff. Watching mm-hmm. what I eat, been making some pretty decent progress with it, as I'm sure you've seen. Um, oh yeah. But I, I found that as much as I used to talk shit about salads and all this kind of stuff, and as much as I'm still not gonna, I'm not gonna stop eating pasta or bread or anything like that. It's mostly about portion control right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you can make a really good fucking salad. I used to talk so much shit about it, and I still kind of do. Because really, the only thing the greens are good for is texture. Mm-hmm. You have to use your, your dressings and your add-ins, your meats and such, to get that really good flavor. But 
I've been trying a bunch of stuff that I used to hate when I was a child. Like I used to hate mushrooms and onions and mayonnaise. I still hate mayonnaise. I think I'll hate mayonnaise for the rest of my but life. Ma- mayonnaise is in so many aiolis and so many good sauces yes. out there, and it's crazy to think That's about it. Problem. But it, but it is. If you ever want to make homemade, um, like an, a nice, I don't know, a, a nice lemon aioli, you're gonna be using mayonnaise. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> That's the problem. There is, I've I've actually found something that I don't mind so much. I it's I believe it's pronounced taum. But it's a basically an eggless garlic mayonnaise. Mm-hmm. You take like three fucking heads of garlic and throw it in a food processor with about a half a cup of lemon juice. And then slowly, like so fucking slowly, it's a tiny little drizzle, drizzle in a couple cups of neutral flavored oil, like canola oil, grapeseed oil, something, until it turns into like a mayonnaise type consistency. Mm-hmm. But it just tastes like straight garlic. And I love garlic. Well, garlic, yeah, that's good. Yeah. So I finally found the mayo that I'm willing to use. And I've relearned about mushrooms. I actually like mushrooms now. I think the problem was when I was younger, my parents wouldn't cut them up like at all. They'd just throw these gigantic pieces of mushroom in there. Mm-hmm. And they wouldn't saute them either. They would just basically like boil them, so to speak. So they're always really mushy and they tasted kind of weird. And... There were these giant things I kind of picked around. Once you chop them up fine, you saute them in a little bit of butter, you get all that water and stuff out of there, caramelize them up real nice. Mushrooms actually have a pretty nice flavor, like shiitakes, cremenis, stuff like that. I still don't like little button mushrooms. I think they're kind of pointless. Well, we, it's it's so funny that you're talking about mushrooms because I, I, I hate mushrooms. I do. I truly mm-hmm. hate mushrooms. But Kristen, she loves mushrooms. So I've been basically, um, I always make mushrooms for her. And one of the types of mushrooms that she likes is a um, like a white mushroom. I think it's called mm-hmm. white mushroom. Um, right. So what I've been doing, because we're both on the keto diet, we really want to push... Um, like we really want to push like more fat into our diet because that's part of the keto diet. And um, mm-hmm. so I would chop up the mushrooms. I just slice them up. I just slice them up. I don't dice them or anything. And then I cook them with garlic, uh, onion salt, garlic salt, and some uh, oregano and parsley. And then I've been putting some heavy cream in it. And then I made a mm-hmm. steak today, and then I just pour it over top of the steak for her. And I can't enjoy it, so I have to rely on her too because i just hate mushrooms that much i had to mm-hmm. rely on her um to enjoy this fungus and tell me what she likes about it mm, not good fungus <laughs> but no um yeah i've been i've been watching your instagram i've been seeing some of the cool things and that's cool that you know you're you know doing kind of you're trying new things i really i really mm-hmm. love the fact that you know you did try some you know low carb stuff um and yeah, I mean, see, me and you talk about cooking so much, and I just love it. <laughs> to, the, to the point where it kind of drives the people in my life crazy. <laughs> well, Like, yeah. especially the people I work with, because Sean and Mark, you know, are, are two, well, his former bosses and my current ones, they yeah. love to eat food, but they hate to talk about it. Yeah. Well, I don't so think I'll they bring cook. In... I don't think they cook. I'll be honest well, with I you. Know... I know Sean doesn't. I think Mark likes to like dabble in cooking, yeah. but he's not super passionate about it. 
but I'll bring something in and I'll be like talking about it like a late night TV host. Like, oh, you know, this is roast beef with cremini duxel and lemon zest. And he's like, I don't give a fuck. Just give it to me. Let me eat it. Mm-hmm. And he'll eat it and say, wow, man, this shit's amazing. How'd you do this? It's like I was trying to fucking tell you, but. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm. Well, the problem is everybody in my life, I've always. It's an, it's an obsession of mine. And I don't know why. I think I might be mentally deranged, but. I intentionally choose to do things as complicated and annoying and like fastidiously as possible. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the easiest way to learn like everything there is to learn about a dish. Yeah. Is just to do it as a pain in the ass away as possible, no shortcuts. And you learn everything there is about the dish. You learn its breaking points. You learn the places where you can sneak in little seasonings, little flavors, see where you can kind of fuck with it. Like, oh, should I put some lemon zest in here? You know, should I add maybe some like truffle oil or something like that? And everybody around me is like, man, I do not have time for that shit. They're looking at me like, this is way too much fucking work. And then they eat it and they're like, holy shit, this is amazing. It's like, well, yeah, this is what happens when you put the fucking work in. Mm-hmm. It tastes good. Well, so- I don't know. You ever, I mean, have you ever thought about, like, getting a part-time job as, like, a cook? Not even once, no. Not even once. See, so, um, I don't know if I told you a story. So, I used to live in Hawaii. I know you knew that. Um, mm-hmm. One of the first jobs I ever got in Hawaii, like, so, I went there with a company, but then, you know, the company went out of business and all this other stuff, and I didn't have a job. So, like, literally, the very first day, I walked down to this bar and grill called Snappers Bar and Grill. It's mm-hmm. down. It's in downtown Waikiki. I walked in. I said, hey, are you guys hiring? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, can you be an AM cook? And this is a bar. But I was like, okay, yeah, I can be an AM cook. And um, I, I can't, to this day, I still can't. I can't flip an egg, like an over-easy egg. <laughs> I have mm-hmm. this hard time just flipping the egg. You know, and he, he gave me good advice. He's like, put a piece of bread in the pan and try to flip the bread. And then once you get that wrist motion, you can do it with an egg. Could never All do that. All in the wrist. Um, but it's hard work. Like I enjoy cooking at home. I enjoy. I. I don't. Doesn't even bother me that I clean up my own mess. I enjoy cooking. I enjoy the creativity. But when I was working at that job, my job as an AM cook is literally just prep for the for the lunch rush and the dinner rush. Mm-hmm. I went in at 5 a.m. and I worked until 10 a.m., maybe 11 a.m., just to get prepared for the lunch rush. And it right. was, and it, every now and then someone would come in, like, order, like, oh, eggs over easy, blah, blah, blah. And um, it was fun, but it just, I don't know. It was, it was different. So now, that was years ago. Now, you know, my cooking skills are a little bit better. And I've thought about it. I've thought about maybe just, you know, being on a line somewhere and just kind of cook something but then again it's like there is no freedom there is no creativity and my my favorite part of cooking is the freedom and the creativity and i just think that maybe it might be a waste but then part of me is like maybe i should i don't know i kind of want to take a class about cooking i don't know i just i love cooking (laughs) and it's just kind of that's what that was there's five things that intrigued me about going into the meat department and one of Mm -hmm. them is because i enjoy cooking and even though I'm not cooking in the meat department, I'm learning the process. Right. You're doing food prep. Yeah, I'm doing food prep for someone else. But I'm learning the process. And I think I really enjoy that. I mean, you know, 
I did enjoy steaming crab legs for everyone every four seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll give you the two reasons why I I know for a fact that I will never go into the culinary business. I have nothing but the utmost respect for cooks and chefs and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. They do an incredibly hard job for shit pay. They're underappreciated. God bless them. I can never be one of them for two reasons. One, I hate, this is going to sound like the most pompous, like condescending fucking thing ever. But when somebody asks for food wrong and you have to give it to them anyway, it upsets me. Like it, it even upsets me in the meat business. Like when somebody comes and wants a ribeye, but they want all the fat trimmed off. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like, I'll do it because it's my job to do it, but I'm not okay with it. I'm not happy with it. It's like, it pisses me off. So coming in to a, into a chef situation where you have to have someone who wants a, like a steak a poivre, but they want no pepper in it and they want the steak cooked to well done. Oh, and they're on, they got IBS. So can we have that with no cream, please? And it's like, that's not steak a poivre. That's, some fucking abomination, you know, <laughs> and then imagine having to do that 15 times a day and have it be the exact quality of the actual, the good steak au poivre. We'll see. And if they don't like it because it's shit, mm-hmm. because they asked for it to be shit, they're going to send it back and complain and they're going to yell at you. Well, I can't do that. I see. I see two things with that. I agree yeah. with you to an extent, but I also disagree with you to an extent. And what I do agree with you is, Exactly. There's something there's something special about like people should just come into a nice restaurant and be like, you know what, whatever the specials are today, can I have them and just mm-hmm. try it. And, you know, there's there's only a, there's two restaurants I've ever been to that I've actually done that. One of them is in Charlotte. It's called Cabo Fish Taco. And now it's 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 not a chain. It's, you know, it's a cheesy little fish taco place. It's in Noda, North Davidson. And um, mm-hmm. I go there, but every time I go there, there's always like a grilled snapper with a black bean uh, or, or with a, oh, the last time I was there, it was grilled, it was grilled cod, but it, it was with, it was blackened grilled cod with a watermelon salsa. And I was like, that sounds not good, but I'm going to try it. And it was probably one of the best ones I've ever had. So I like that atmosphere of just doing that, but... For for someone who is kind of a picky eater, because I am a picky eater, and I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't know why I am, but I am. I also you know I'm also paying for a service, so I want what I want. So I, I agree with you in one aspect, but I also disagree with you in the other aspect. You know, because I do like my my steak dead. <laughs> well, um, but I, I mean, will I will yeah, say it's... this: I've been getting better with my steaks. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, uh, see, I can't cook red meat. I fucking am horrible. Like, I made steak for my wife. She's always, she wants it, like, medium rare, like, the perfect temperature. And I know, I know how to touch it. I know that whole spiel. Trust me. I Mm -hmm. I had to do a module for it when I worked at my (laughs) hair studio. Um, But I just still can't cook red meat. Poultry all day. I'll make it juicy right to a point where it's 165 degrees. It's, like, perfect. Um, I'll even push 164, just pushing it, but just, you know, and pork, I can do really well too, but red meat, I don't, I always kill it. <laughs> so, um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, enjoy well, it. I, my, my advice is twofold. The first being that, are you letting it like rest on the countertop for about half an hour before you cook it? 
um, I do let it rest, not necessarily half an hour. Okay. And well, are, and when you do that, are you taking it out of the package? Because so, the package conducts cold as well. So normally I, I try to buy my stuff um, in bulk as much as I can. So I do freeze it. And mm-hmm. I don't thaw it in the sink because that's a no-no. Um, right. I, I, I take it out day 24 hours, maybe 48 hours ahead of time, put it in the fridge. We, we, we know this. Maybe not mm-hmm. everyone knows this. But I do right. thaw it. But I do thaw it in its package because it's it's just it's hard to break it out of the package when it's frozen. So however mm-hmm. it's given to me, either wrapped up or in a styrofoam plate, uh, I thaw it out that way. But then once it's thawed out, I I sit it probably 10, 15 minutes room temperature. That's about mm-hmm. the longest I'll do. Just enough so I get that pan screaming hot, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> then, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're learning. Yeah, and then um, I cook it in there. My biggest thing is it's just if it's a thick steak, um, I don't, you know, I think the biggest problem I have is just like everyone else, I have the temperature up too high. I'm impatient. I want to make sure it's it's cooked. So I end up crisping the sides too crispy maybe a little too dark a little charred mm-hmm. too much right but then the insides are freaking purple because i you know i'm not putting it in the oven because i really want to cook it on this flat top or this grill so mm-hmm. um that's my that's one problem i have and i and i know the solution just lower the temperature and just let it you know just go slowly baste it with well, some yeah. butter you, know? you could do that, or you could reverse the process. Instead of starting it in the pan and finish it, finishing it in the oven, I know you want to do it the whole way on the pan, you could start it out in a low oven, like 225, Yeah. for about fifth, maybe between 15 and 45 minutes, depending on how thick it is, till it's almost at your target temp. Mm-hmm. Then pull it out, throw it in that screaming hot skillet, do like 90 seconds aside. Mm-hmm. You've already done all the... Like the internal cooking, you're just trying to get some color on it. Yeah. There's a million and one ways to do a thick steak properly. Um, but well, yeah, where the fuck were we going with this? What? <laughs> <laughs> no, we were, t- we were just talking about like, um, I don't fucking know. <laughs> it's like, no, we're just talking about cooking and cooking steaks and stuff like that. And that's my weakness. That's my Achilles heel. And, um, you know, we were talking about, you know, how basically it all came back from do you want to cook in a restaurant or not and you you know these two things yeah but, oh yeah the two things yeah i already i already mentioned the first yeah. rule reason why and then the second one i've been doing a lot of reading on uh, anthony bourdain yeah fantastic guy i'm it fucking killed me when he killed himself um but his his books they both reignited my passion for cooking like some of the descriptions he has for cooking and the different dishes he's tried and getting a little more experimental and a little bit crazier. Like I started bringing pig's feet and like neck bones and shit into my recipes because of him. But his descriptions, the restaurant industry have single-handedly said, I'm, I'm not doing that shit. You know, talking about even to this day now that even though like the stuff of the, the illegal hour dealings, by that I mean like they cut your hours and stuff. They don't pay yeah. you what you're worth and all this stuff. Even after that is gone and the sexual harassment stuff is gone because of the Me Too movement and stuff and more visibility on those practices, old habits die hard. And the idea that as a line cook, you're paid like $10 an hour 
you're expected to work 16 to 17 hours a day, six days a week on your, on your feet the whole time, lugging hundred pound, like whole pigs up and down a stairs. So you can butcher it and get it ready for mise en place. You're constantly getting cut and burned and you're in hot temperatures and people are calling you a piece of shit all the time. You have no rights. Like the head chef can bang you on top of the head with a fucking pan and you can't do anything about it. I've seen Hell, Hell's Kitchen. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Some people have the emotional maturity to deal with that. Like I said, God bless them. If you are a line cook, even if you work at a fucking Denny's, God bless you, man. That is a really tough job. Like I do not want to take that away from them at all, but it's not for me. I do not have the emotional stability to work in a professional kitchen. I would bury my knife in somebody or get a knife buried in me within like a year at the most. Well, that's why I think um, I, I kind of agree with you. I, I, I do because if you've noticed trends with like restaurants, more restaurants are becoming more like there's more there's more um, food trucks. There's more home chefs, like actually mm-hmm. people not wasting college, you know, put themselves in debt to go to college to only make 10, 15, maybe not even 15 dollars an hour to be like a head chef. I mean, you're you're not doing anything. I think that's why the revolution of um, cooks nowadays are becoming more of, you know, uh, just home chefs. Like every time I watch, so I, I watch TV. I watch the Food Network mm-hmm. a lot, and there's a lot of competitions, and a lot of the people that are in the competitions are home chefs. And I'm like, what the fuck? How did you even get on the show? And they're like, well, they're good. They're just good home chefs. They've taught themselves. They're self-taught. A lot of them. Never, some of them were lawyers. They're like, I never worked in a restaurant, but they know things. Mm-hmm. And it's the world of the internet, the world of TV. Like, I, you know, I've been watching, I used to watch Emerald growing up. I used to watch all these, these old timers. I call them old timers, but the original, like, you know, food stars on TV. And just watching them cut and do all these things, it just makes you, you know, better. And now with the internet, I can watch people all the time cook stuff. Like I just watched a, a video about this guy making, he said he can make the perfect scallops. So I watched him make these scallops and which I am horrible at making scallops. So I'm just sitting there watching them. I'm like, wow, this, he makes it look easy. So, you know, once I master that, I'll be, a, I just, I just master scallops. So yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. I do. Yeah. I, if, to get a, a view of my mindset on cooking, either for you or for anybody listening in, there's this movie. If you haven't watched it yet, for one thing, shame on you. For another thing, oh, watch it immediately. It's oh. called Chef. Oh, my God. The best fucking movie ever. If you watch that movie, for one thing, it's an incredible movie. Hands but down. if you watch it and do not believe, like you don't immediately want to jump up and cook something. I don't know what the fuck. I don't know how you managed to infiltrate the human race, but you're some fucking lizard person or something. This movie, you know what? Let's do a movie review. This is going to be the second part of this is going to be a movie review about Chef. This movie, mm-hmm. um, I st- I don't know how you stumbled across with it, but probably Netflix because I stumbled across with it on Netflix. I'm sitting there like, oh, what's this? I'll watch it because you know I like John Favreau as an actor. He's a great director, but I do like him as an actor. And then um, John Leguizamo is in there, and I'm like, oh my god, yes, this is this going to be great. So I started watching it, and my wife makes fun of me to this day because it's like my go-to movie. If I have nothing mm-hmm. to watch, I will rewatch that movie. I actually bought it on DVD because they took it off Netflix, and um, I hands down, it's it's probably 
man, just it's I agree with you. It inspires me to be creative. I mean, in so many ways, like it's not just about cooking. So, you know, it's not just about like, you know, owning a food truck. It's just inspiring for someone to be high up on a pedestal, fall down on his face, but not really give up and just kind of fall in love, do what he always loved to do. And that's what that's great. Yeah, just kind of giving up the the pretensions of the restaurant industry and just returning to his love of cooking and bringing his family along for the ride and everything. It's such a positive, like, role model kind of movie. Mm-hmm. I just I love it to death. You know, it, I found this other one. It, it's actually on Netflix right now. I think it's called Burnt or something like that. It's got Bradley Cooper in it. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I, I've, I've seen that, too. <laughs> I'm going to say it's basically like a a legit like copy of chef but more elegant because i think he's like in is he in london is he in like paris or something i think he's some he's in one of those big things but like he is a super fancy schmancy like top tier chef and he just crashes and fucking burns and just loses his shit but instead of leaving the restaurant industry entirely like uh like what's his name fucking chef guy does yeah he gets back up on his feet yeah, and brings it all back together and just goes back to his roots. I love that shit. I, I, I live for that. Like fucking, well, it's, I'm it's, starting, I'm starting to lose my train of thought, but I, I, I love the idea of getting rid of anything extraneous and just focusing on good food for good food's sake. Well, it's kind of, you know? it's kind of one of those things where when you're a child, you always want to be like, a police officer. You always want to be a police officer. Then eventually mm-hmm. you become a cop and then eventually you become like this big hotshot detective and all this stuff. But then you like you get so oversaturated with politics and everything else that you forget the core reason why you wanted to do this. Because you wanted to catch bad guys. So both of these stories, all they wanted to do is make food and watch people eat it. Like the enjoyment of like, wow, they just love my food. They love what I made makes you feel so good and in in both these movies it shows you the you know the them at their top of their game them falling down and then the arc of them getting back to their roots and i think that's a just it's just an inspiring story if you if you don't like cooking and you're listening to this episode that's fine but like it's this well for one you should you know this episode's going to be called probably cooking part 7 yeah <laughs> but um but yeah, but no, uh, it's it's a good movie. You should check out both of them. You know, I, I, I do agree. Well, I would argue to any anybody who doesn't like cooking or anybody who doesn't see the value in cooking, that's perfectly fine. I would say find something in your life that you actually enjoy doing, like some kind of physical activity that you gain joy from. Find Make a passion for it. Masturbating. And that's there you go. See, there's like there's so many different like hand techniques you can use. <laughs> Like the the different like ball fondling positions and stuff, just find something that you're interested in, you're invested yeah. in, and push yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, don't ever be satisfied just with mediocrity. Like, I started out like everybody did. I would burn the shit out of a grilled cheese on the stove, and then just sit there and eat it with my fucking nacho cheese Doritos. Mm-hmm. All right, Every, everybody who looks at my fucking Instagram of my stupid ass sitting there with a little iPhone or something, just taking pictures of food. 
like, wow, that looks so good. I could never cook like that. And it's like, well, I didn't wake up cooking like that. You know, this was, I've been cooking for years. Mm-hmm. I made a lot of mistakes. I chopped the tip of my fucking finger off one time, you know, hopefully try not to repeat that if you can. Mm-hmm. Um, but everybody starts somewhere. Like my sister told me one time, I, I am terrible at drawing things. I, I never shown you a drawing of mine. And I never will unless I get better at it uh, because it, it kind of it looks like when you let a child get into a massive pile of cocaine and then just give it like a couple of crayons and then the resulting Jesus. mess is just thrown in the bathtub to soak for a little bit. That's kind of what my drawing looks like. And my sister is amazingly artistically like talented and stuff. Mm-hmm. She can draw photorealistic portraits of people and she's been hired to do that before. And I've asked her a couple of times, like, oh, teach me. How the, how the hell does it work? What's your secret? She said, dude, mine looked just as bad as yours when I first started out. I've she been just, drawing for like 12 years. She just I, kept doing it, right? She just kept doing yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah, it's like there's there's no – I would feel terrible for somebody who's naturally talented at something. Because to me, the process of being shit at something and then – working on being not shit until you're not shit anymore yeah. is the most emotionally satisfying thing you can do. Dude, like, you, hmm? you know What's what, I, you know what I just found, you know what I found out that I'm really good at pushing, pushing people to their limits <laughs> to make them better. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Just like emotionally abusing people yeah, until know, they're on the verge of like yeah. climbing a clock tower. <laughs> Yes. Uh, no, I agree what you're saying. Um, but yeah, no, like in all seriousness, I, I, you know, I do tend to push people to their, to their limits. Um, oh, you are a master at it. That's for sure. <laughs> no one does it better. All right. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> before we get too involved into another podcast of food, I wanted to shift gears real quick and ask you some other mm-hmm. questions that I've been wanting, dying to know. And I actually just wanted to talk about. So one of the things that I noticed today, I too, what? so mm-hmm. I texted Griffin and mm-hmm. I was like, hey, you know, I was like, hey, what are, you, what are you doing? And, you know, he's like, I'm folding laundry. And I was like, what? You fold laundry? <laughs> and um, it kind of got me thinking because I actually folded laundry today, too, which is basically just, you know, kind of folding laundry and just throwing it in a, in a um, drawer. But um, I, I realized that I have I have two favorite T-shirts. Like, do you have any favorite T-shirts, like something that's. Absolutely. Yeah. And like, that's one of the worst that's one of the worst things about me now that I've started. I've lost a lot of weight recently. Uh-huh. One of Good the worst you. things about it is that I have my my favorite like fat person t-shirts Yeah, that are now way too big. Like I can only wear them around the house and it breaks my heart because I love these fucking t-shirts. <clears throat> one of them is actually from when I was a teenager. It still fits. Uh, it's just a shirt that says Guinness across the front. It's a black shirt with like it written in brown lettering and stuff. And I fucking love to drink Guinness. It's a super comfortable t-shirt. I wear that shit everywhere. Yeah. I don't even care this baggy as hell. I'll do like nineties, just like (laughs) ghetto trash white kid from like the Eminem movie or something. I'll wear those baggy ass shirts. Mm -hmm. The other one is a more recent edition. I got it at Walmart. It's the only pair of clothing I've ever bought from Walmart before of George Washington sitting in front of a grill eating a hot dog while fireworks explode in the background. Oh, very patriotic. Aesthetically, it's one of my favorite shirts. It goes with anything. Mm-hmm. It's always a conversation starter. Like anywhere you go, you could walk into a funeral, a board meeting, 
or a fucking like meth clinic or, or methadone clinic, excuse me. They don't have meth clinics, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> just wearing that shirt, and you'll you'll get a sentence out of somebody. I guarantee it. Well, you know, um, I have I have two go tos now. Um, I'm actually starting to have a third one. I've I've realized this. So, mm-hmm. one of them I've had for thirteen years. And so I have I have two types of shirts that I wear. I have the shirts that I wear around the house that are just pretty much like, you know, that that's their last straw. Like they had a good run. Now they're just pajama shirts. <laughs> and then I have mm-hmm. the shirts that I wear every day. So one of them I've had for, you know, 12, 13 years. And it's a white zombie shirt. Um, for those who don't know, who, that's a band. Um, it was a, it was a band shirt that I bought in Hawaii the first time I, I lived in Hawaii and, um, it shouldn't fit me because I was actually skinnier then than I am now. Well, shorter too. Like, I think I grew a little bit, but because I stretched it out, um, but it's just, it's so the print of it stayed, stayed intact. It's good. It looks really good. Um, I can kind of wear it out if I really wanted to, but it's definitely a pajama shirt. Then I have a um, a big pecker shirt. I don't know if you see me in this. It is a big peckers is a um, restaurant in Ocean City's Maryland. I bought it nine years ago, and I still wear this thing. And this this is actually in my rotation. Like I actually wear this out in public. And this one shouldn't fit me at all. This was a this is a belly shirt. If I lift my arms up, it's done. But I just love this. shirt. Oh yeah. And then um, I then I have a Charlotte Hornets basketball t-shirt that i i just absolutely mm-hmm. love for some reason so those are my go-to's but i was just thinking i was like man you know like i know all my friends they all have like that one shirt and i know this is like it just has so many memories and my wife she's trying to throw away these shirts and i'm like gonna i told her i would divorce her because <laughs> these are just that's fair they just have i don't know you know i watch documentaries i like i like the whole idea of being a a, millennial, a minimalist have what you need not what you want just have the bare minimum um i I do like that idea but i also like that you know i'll throw away shirts that i've only wore like twice i can care less about it's just there is an attachment to these shirts because it's just the memories like recently i went to um baltimore and i went to the guinness brewery which is the only one on the state side and i bought a a guinness shirt and I, i love this shirt but it's, I, I have to wear big and tall because I have a big belly, and it's not a big and tall shirt. So the the second time I washed it, now it's starting to become like, oh, this might be a pajama shirt. Yeah, it's it's more of a halter top than a than a t shirt. <laughs> yeah, and it just makes me upset because it's a really cool Guinness shirt. It's really light. It's really nice. Um, which by the way, I'm I was never a huge fan of Guinness until I went to that brewery. Really? Well, I finally have blonde. Mm-hmm. Remember, we we were talking about this when we, when I when I worked with you. So Guinness Bond's good. I, I was never really I like car bombs, but that's about mm-hmm. it. I never really liked like to me real Guinness is just too soy sauce to me. It's kind of like it's like it's weird. It's hard. Well, to... Guinness draught I feel should be illegal yeah. unless it's actually from a draft. Whoa. The only Guinness I drink out of the bottle is extra stout and blonde. Uh, well, blonde's good. Well. At the brewery, they had some flavors that you can't get anywhere, and it make, pisses me off because when I was there, you can buy a six pack of them, 
but that's the only place you can get them at. So they had this. It was called Very Berry Guinness. It's basically. I don't know how to feel about that. It was very delicious. Um, they had that. They had something called lemongrass, which is basically. So all these are pretty much Guinness Blonde, but mixed with other things. So the very berry is Guinness Blonde, with um, clearly berries in it. It was. It was. There was no. It was a subtle taste of a berry. So that that was that was good. It was kind of like a wild berry kind of thing. But I think the lemongrass was probably my favorite. It's just basically Guinness Blonde with. A lemon. Imagine putting lemon juice in, you know, a Guinness Blonde. There was some other ones. They had the Sunrise. They had an a cider, but it wasn't out yet because I was there in the summertime. But they were saying this fall will be the Guinness cider. I'm like, what? I love cider. I love cider beers or al- cider alcohol. So I'm like, man, I mean, some things I do miss about Baltimore. And I can't believe they put the Guinness freaking <laughs> brewery there. But it was good. I will say this. That is a true pub. So we walked around the whole thing. I got to see, like, uh, you know, where they make the Guinness. I got to walk on the grounds. It was pretty pretty awesome. You should go. You should actually make a trip to Baltimore to see, to see this because I really – I don't know if you'll ever go to Ireland. I don't. I know I I never will, but you should go to Baltimore and do, like, a tour. And um, it, it, was, it was cool. Um, but – they had this the the actual bar itself, no TVs, mm-hmm. no TVs at all. It's a straight bar, everything on tap on one side, bar everything on tap the other side, and then there was uh just two big signs on both sides, and then there was like these booths, and these booths are all like couches. They're not like real booths. Like they're like you sit down. It's a social thing. You just sit down and eat. And they had probably the best fish and fish and chips I've ever had in my life, because they made it with some uh, some crab and some obey. Oh yes. What? Well, it was um. So it was a. I got I got. It's called the fish and chips um. Dip. So it's basically so their chips are you know French fries. Um, they're just called chips, but they're shaped right. like they're like waffle fries. That's what they had, and then they had had fish in it, but also had like um like like a crab dip on top of it. So it was kind of like a nacho, fish and dip um kind of thing. Uh, it was delicious, and I don't know if it's because of the beer, but the two guys that were with they were drinking one beer. Dude, I had like I had six Guinnesses, and I'm like, okay. I mean, I felt I felt fine. I was like, oh, this is good. I stood up. And I was like, holy shit, what the fuck? I'm like, Yeah, the walls kind of turned well, on you, huh? I was huh? like, what happened? And then I forgot that Guinness is, this is right from the, this is right from the place. So it's strong. <laughs> like, I didn't, I've had some beers in my, because normally it takes me about like, I don't know, a six pack that feel buzzed from like Bud or something, like a Bud Light or something. Mm-hmm. But just these, oh man, all this Guinness, man, I was, I was, and I felt good. It was a good feeling. So I don't know how we got with this story. I think we were talking about t-shirts, but I just wanted yeah. to update you that I did have Guinness Blonde and I'm trying to find it down here at the beach, but I can't fucking find it to save my life. Well, my, um, my question to you then, now that you've asked me a question, do you have an outfit or outfits that you own and wear specifically because people think they look stupid and you like pissing them off? Um, I think I used to. I used to have a uh, a mentality that, like, I, I just wanted 
I was that type of person. I was. I'm. I'm kind of like a sociopath. Like I, I. I was that type of person that just wanted to watch people to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I love tacky stuff. Like I'll wear. Like right now, I'm wearing. Well, I kind of match right now. I'm wearing a gray T-shirt and a blue shorts, but I like to wear like plaid, like black and gray shorts, with like like a weird plaid pink shirt. Like I, I, I like to mix things together that make me stand yes. out. And uh, I don't know if it pisses anybody off because nowadays this this century that we live in right now, I mean I see people do some shit. But I actually have a picture. I might have showed you this, but it's on my Facebook page. Um, of me in high school so i used to have a red stripe um i used to wear this uh red stripe beer hat because i liked red stripe beer and mm-hmm. i had a t-shirt it's a t-shirt like a black t-shirt it says cheese is good got it from like spencer's or hot topic and then underneath the shirt was cut off um like a cut off dress plaid dress shirt and I would cut it off like three quarters length so you can see it. So like I had – I kind of tra- created my own fashion. I painted my nails black. I had that going on and then I had like a bandana, bandana hanging from my pants. So I was like this really weird emo like uh, punk rock kid. And um, so ever since then I just – you know I just wear whatever the fuck I want to wear. So to answer your question, I don't really know but I just – I do have some things. What about – I mean – I've seen you in your colorful. I call them Aloha shirts. Yeah. Um, well, which I love, by the way. Yes. Well, I mean, everybody loves the like the fat guy Hawaiian shirts. Like those will never go out of style. But what oh, I'm yeah. specifically talking about it's funny you mentioned plaid because I usually, me and my sister are both like uh, film hounds. We love to go watch movies, so usually we go together. And if there's one pattern of clothes in the world that she hates, it's plaid. So oftentimes, just to piss her off, I'll get two, like a plaid shirt and plaid shorts that don't match at all. <laughs> and then match it with mismatched socks, like one brown, uh, one black, one white sock. And then top it all off with brown shoes. There was one time I just, I walked in. And say, hey, you ready to go see the movie? And she says, I swear to God, you're like a walking seizure warning. And I busted out laughing. <laughs> so now every time we go see a movie together, I'll, there has to be plaid in there. I don't care if I have to go to Goodwill and buy a plaid shirt to wear. I have to be wearing plaid anytime I go see a movie. I just, I just see you, like, wearing like a one of those picnic table cloths. Around your neck, like a like a cape, pretty much like a fucking cape, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just going to the movies, like, you ready? <laughs> yeah, just I go charging bull. I'll just swing my fucking plaid, and his mind will fry from having to comprehend all the patterns. I actually I do most of my uh, clothes shopping at thrift stores because I'm poor, and after I lost all this weight, I had to get a new wardrobe because, of course, none of my old clothes fit. So I went in there and was shopping with my sister in law. It's always important to bring a woman with you when you go shopping or gay dude, doesn't matter. Because, mm-hmm. like, they think of shit I don't even think about. Like, oh, no, 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 don't get this. Look, look, look at the patterns. They don't match. Like, look, you, the only thing you wear these with is jeans. Like, I own 15 pairs of jeans. That's not a problem. It's like, no, 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 no. You have to get versatile clothes. See, look at this. It fits perfectly. It matches your eyes. You know, it brings attention to your face. And it's like, I don't want any attention brought to my face. It's okay. 
like yada 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 back and forth. But one thing I absolutely put my foot down is I am not leaving this fucking store without a pair of plaid shorts. Mm. I will not leave. I already have a couple plaid shirts. They're in the cart. That's fine. But I will not leave until I can track down and find a pair of plaid shorts. And I found them, and they are amazingly tacky. Mm. They're white and pink plaid golfing shorts. I cannot wait. My <laughs> my sister is actually out of state. She's uh down working with the with the forestry service in uh I think it's some kind of fucking Colorado. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly where. I'm gonna go visit her later on in the year. And I'm already planned out what I'm gonna wear when I step off the plane because she's oh gonna be there to god. pick me up. Oh my god. <laughs> and I'm gonna find a per- I think I saw I have I have to go back and make sure that it's still there. But I saw a purple and gold plaid striped button down t-shirt. And I'm going to wear that with my white and pink plaid golfing shorts, my mismatched socks, and my stained brown Rockport shoes when I step off of that plane. Oh my gosh. And I think she might actually have a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> so It's going to be amazing. But, but there's got to there's gotta be like, see to me... Since it's so over the top, it doesn't seem like it's not normal. <laughs> like, it just seems like, yeah, it's just, oh, seems that's like just my everyday thing. Yeah, it's just like, oh, it's just Griffin. Like, you know, when I worked with you, the first time I saw you in plain clothes, it was different. Now, it was different because I'm always seeing you in khakis and a polo. So right. that, that was kind of different. Um, I, you know, I went through a phase where I, I, I used to shop at the Goodwill. And it's not because, you know, like... I. I mean, I didn't grow up with a lot of money either, but is there something cool about shopping in Goodwill? Because you just, you, you go to a department store, you pretty much know, okay, I'm going into this little section. I know it's all polos. I know it's all Ralph Lauren. I go to this section. I know it's all Nike, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Goodwill is literally a mixture of everything. Um, so I went through a phase where I shopped at Goodwill, Gabe's, um, trying to think of other, other companies like TJ Maxx, Marshalls. They all have like really cool low price deals and things like that um so i I went through that phase i kind of you know i kind of did some cool things i um i think the craziest thing i ever wore to this day i used to wear a um boston celtics um like it looked like it actually belonged to a six foot nine six ten like basketball player a jumpsuit Mm -hmm. like basically it had the buttons where you can just um, pop it just the, the the upper half not the lower half not the pants I, right. I got it from a goodwill and i used to wear it all the time and used to literally i called it a muumu because it used to come down to my damn knees <laughs> mm-hmm. like and um but i used to rock it like it was my job and now looking back at it i'm like oh which is crazy because now my style is literally you know it's literally whatever i work that's my style and then when i come home that's just I just wear shorts and a t-shirt. I don't even like wearing shoes. I wear flip-flops every, all day, even in the wintertime. I don't give a shit. Well, that's not actually the, the weirdest thing I, I could say I've ever uh, I've ever worn. On a dare, I used to dress and drag like all the time mm-hmm. because I have long hair and something of a... I've been told I have childbearing hips. So I, I, I do kind of look... <laughs> feminine like a fat girl as sean calls me said i wondered why mark was talking to a fat chick and then you turned around and i got a little scared of course once i turn around i'm hairy as fuck so it's pretty obvious that it's a dude but on a dare i used to like put on a halter top and booty shorts and sandals and shit 
I'm just go oh walking around. Gosh. I thought it was fucking hilarious. I wasn't ashamed at all. Well, that's good. You shouldn't. I mean, be. look, man. <laughs> you know, do whatever kind of weird shit you want. As long as kids ain't staring, you know, I ain't got a ball hanging out. Everything was tucked up nice where it should be. Mm-hmm. Had to get a little little tape here and there. But other than that, don't fucking worry about it. It'll be fine. You know, if you want to dress like a fucking weirdo, my advice to anybody out there, if you want to dress like a fucking weirdo, do it, man. There ain't nothing illegal about it. People want to stare, fuck them. They want to upload it on TikTok or whatever stupid fucking thing the kids are doing these days. TikTok. Let them. It'll be funny. You might be like, you might become an internet sensation. It'll be great. You get on a fucking t-shirt, you get on Ellen, and she'll make you do some stupid ass dance. You know? Man, Enjoy yourself. You know, I love doing podcasts with you because they just they just go on this journey. We talked about pretty much this being the last podcast because the hurricane's about to kill me. To mm-hmm. do don't give up and do what you love. To who gives a shit what other people think? I mean, this is a good yeah. you know it's a good arc to this, but it is coming to that hour point. So I think we should continue, not continue, but we should stop. But I mm-hmm. will say this, and I agree with Griffin: you should always do what you love. No matter what it is, and that's to you too, Griffin. Like you, I know you say on your days off, you're just wasting. You're not really wasting your day, but you're spending your whole day cooking. I love right. your Instagram stories, and I love your your Snapchat. I just watched your Snapchat, by the way. Um, that's some crispy ass bread, ain't it? <laughs> yes. Who was that hand cutting it? That was definitely not your hand. No, it's a little bit oh, old. That's okay. my dad. Okay, I was like, damn, Griffin, you with Benjamin yes. Button over here. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Like, <laughs> yeah, all that all that meat cutting just really took it out of me. I mean, I mean about, I've seen I've seen forty years. I've seen Sean's mittens, but I was like, damn, yeah. fuck <laughs> God damn. Um but yeah, so it's definitely it's cool. And by the way, um this 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 episode is gonna be the hundredth episode of Couch on Fire Podcast. Now, with that said, this is actually the hundred and thirty some upload. Because, you know, it's, mm-hmm. I also count Summer of Heart and some of the things that we've been doing, just me and you and me and me interviewing and me doing reviews with other people. Um, but for Couch on Fire, the actual actual podcast, this is the 100th episode. And I'm glad I'm doing it with you. Um, you know, someone I admire and care about. So thank you for being on the show. Fuck you. Aww. Oh, see, you know, I try to say something nice. You just, you and your fucking hey. old man hands, you son of a bitch. I swear, man. Yeah, I got, got fucking cigarette burns on my oh, fingertips. Jesus. Learned that shit pretty quick. Oh, God. But, all right, well, I hope you have a great night. And everyone that's listening, uh, hopefully this isn't the last podcast. Um, And eventually we will. I promise we will do some more horror, some more horror podcasts. I know it's just gonna, it's just been kind of brutal, but I'm probably gonna be off in the next couple of days, so we'll see what happens. I can imagine so. You know, maybe we'll uh, we'll do like a little thing, like you're sitting there on your roof waiting for the evac chopper, and we can mm-hmm. just get a little Wi-Fi signal and do something real quick. Honestly, you know, if you want, we can do it. This might be a spoiler, maybe, but if we do a summer of horror episode about uh, national national disaster movies, Jesus Christ. Like movies that are just like the day after tomorrow, all these cheesy mm-hmm. national because they're kind of scary. The one, the things that are like, well, what happens if that did happen? Like Twister. Oh my God, we'll yeah. talk about it another time. But oh my God, yes, we need to talk about Twister. I have some personal history with that movie. Oh Jesus! All right, well, everyone have a good night. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Dress and drag. Godspeed. Smoke weed. <laughs>